1: plushcare.com slash weight loss hello and welcome back to the psych legal pop podcast this is a podcast about popular culture through the lens of an attorney and a therapist i'm tess brigham i'm the therapist and i'm brooke brigham i'm the attorney all right. So today we are talking about, God forbid, the sex scandal that brought down a dynasty. And we've got it all. We've got sex. We've got religion. We've got politics. Politics. We've got ugh, Trump. We've <laughs> got um, the Falwells. We've got it all. It's, it's a lot. It all starts in uh, March of 2012 at the Fountain Blue in miami where a young i guess he was technically the pool boy i don't know he was a pool attendant that's everyone kept calling him the pool boy but john carlo is it granada 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 um who grew up in miami and his uh parents came here from was it were they cuba, cuba yeah. yeah um and he uh, is working, he's 20 years old, he's working at the Fountain Blue, and a woman looks at him, this older woman catches his eyes, catches, she catches him, he, they look at each other, and um, they, this is Becky, who, Becky Falwell, and he meets Becky, and uh, Becky makes it very clear that she wants to, you know, have sex with him, she wants to hook up. And she said, "But the one um, contingency is my husband gets to watch." Dun dun dun. <laughs> and this is how the entire thing starts. So, yes, and
0: um, Giancarlo, I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, what
1: did I say? You said John Carlo. Oh, I'm sorry, Gian. But I think it's Giancarlo. Gian, Gian- Giancarlo. Sorry, Giancarlo. As you're listening to this podcast, yes. I apologize. Yeah, he's kind of naive. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> sweet very cute but oh
0: nice yeah he grew up in um you know his parents were immigrants from Cuba they're conservative uh, very religious Catholic they said they very, very religious, religious. Yeah. um and another so the documentary is told primarily from his viewpoint he's he's the one talking giving all the details but along with him is his sister mm-hmm and I, I didn't write down her name. Do you remember her name? Yeah, it's I, like, I think it's like Liliana or something. We're just going to call her sister. Um, she's also telling the story because she's much less... Um, naive yes (laughs) she she kind of she knows what's up and she's she's older she's older she's older by what five years more than that like
1: seven years it's a significant chunk of time yeah and so you also get the sense that she's this protective older big sister who's kind of like what, what is happening? What's going on you here? Right. Well, what, what, all of that. But I thought what was really interesting is she talks about him growing up because he was always very sweet, cute kid and I guess played sports, but then he got into video games and got really into video games. And it almost to the point where it became an addiction and the family was very worried about him and worried about his development and where he was at, and so when at age eighteen he started going to school and he's got this. He's job. in college. Well, yeah, he's working. He's going to school. I think they were at this. The family was like, "Oh, good, he's kind of gotten out of this." He, he, I think was a little shy and and reserved in high school, and I get the sense that, you know, he just started meeting. You know, he He's very attractive. He is very attractive, and so he starts meeting girls, and this is like part of the sexual awakening. Of him and his young life and they talk about the Fountain Blue, which you know, we all know celebrities go there. It's like a big hot spot, but apparently they have this pool where it, the pool is very, very happening. It's like a pool, you know, in you Vegas. Vegas. Yeah. yeah. And I think that he was working at this at this club and in this pool. And so I think he got hit on a lot by women. It was sort of part of the whole process. And so he's coming out of that place. Um, but I and I think that's really important to understand where he was at and his life and his mentally where he was at when he meets Becky. Becky.
0: (laughs) So, yeah. So Becky is married to Jerry Falwell Jr. Who's the son of the Jerry Falwell who, you know, if you were around in the eighties and yeah, yeah, I just remember in the eighties growing up, he was, God, he's just awful. Yeah. He's a, he had a, church in virginia he's a televangelist preacher and basically he said that um gay people were evil and going to hell and the, they were getting aids was punishment from yeah. god he uh said you know feminists were going to hell uh who else i mean anybody like he was he was a segregationist too
1: yes oh yes the, and, the, and the documentary gets into that. yeah so Very he
0: so. he when brown versus board of education came down i mean he i mean he had already been around for decades obviously you know since like the 50s and so he and you know other people like him started making these schools for just only white kids because they these people didn't want their children going to school with black children
1: so these were private private and they were were under the guise of being religious right right so they had the religious church tax
0: exemption and the irs came in and said um no you cannot use your tax-exempt status to have a segregated school that's against you know the supreme court decision so um yeah he was a he was a really terrible person
1: yes well and he also what i remember way back when was mm-hmm. um, there was this you know back when television there weren't so many channels this was sort of a thing especially on sunday mornings where there were all of these preachers on tv preaching and um you know this is tammy tam tammy tam- faye baker, baker, baker jim, jim baker. baker these were all of these evangelists were very popular and um you know i think the mainstream media and most people kind of made fun of them and laughed at them and didn't pay attention to them but they had a tremendous amount of influence and they were you know it was all about raising money for these churches and so he became this celebrity and became sort of the face of you know good christian values like this is what we want in our country good christian values which basically means you know Um, white men in power and, you know, women at home and having babies, like this very traditional idea Jerry Falwell wanted, you know, everybody in their place. Right.
0: And so before before Brown versus Board of Education, they didn't really focus on politics, these churches. But once that happened, they realized that they needed to get some power on the inside so that they could have influence over these laws so that they could operate however they wanted to. So they could be able to operate these these segregated yeah. schools and a
1: lot of money and a lot of right, right this is what helped oh millions of dollars i mean you know it's a lot of money people they, giving to oh people. oh well of all people it's just like wow. they were
0: collecting millions and millions of dollars so they started getting into contributing a bunch of money to campaigns of very conservative people mm-hmm. getting these conservative people elected getting in their favor so that they could get power and influence in the political world my
1: favorite line of the documentary was they were talking about dr falwell doctorate not earned <laughs> so jerry falwell like uh bill cosby you know like <laughs> honorary degree did not do any of the work for that God, that drives me crazy but i just think it's so interesting like how all of these these men that we profile and that we talk about are like oh yeah just they all do the same damn things yeah it's it's like a playbook it is a playbook so um jerry had several children but he had a son jerry falwell jr who um who very much kind of was considered the black sheep of the family right he was you know he he didn't quite fall into that line of being a preacher yeah he didn't want to fall into those footsteps he went to law school and he um he was a businessman. Yeah. He was that's real was estate investor, developer. Yes. Yeah. And so and what's also interesting, they were kind of like the Falwells were considered, what do they call it? The Southern Gatsbys. This big family with a lot of power, a lot of money, and all under the guise of, you know, religious and how you should be living your life, quote unquote. So, um, you know, poor Giancarlo. Is it Gian? God. Giancarlo. Giancarlo, sorry. Um, meets Becky. Jerry, the husband, shows up, and then does he? I, I can't remember. Does he realize in the hotel room with the two of them? That, well, Jerry is, or is it? I don't.
0: I don't think he knew who they were in, at first. Yeah. Yeah. So he. Yeah, they go to this hotel. Was it in the Fountain Blue or did they yeah. go? No, they went to a different it's hotel. Too, too like obvious. They to like go somewhere. Right. Else. So they go to, yeah, they go to a like a Days Inn or something
1: <laughs> down the street.
0: <laughs> and cheap tawdry affair. And yeah, he says he walks into the room with Becky and Jerry is there. I think he said he already like That's had it. his pants. or something. Sorry. <laughs>
1: yeah it's just the image of that like jerry so excited <laughs> like my wife's at the pool right now i like, can't wait yeah it's gonna show up yeah.
0: so he said that there were two beds so jerry laid on one bed and uh but they, wasn't, they couldn't have sex they they could have sex. Have sex right so becky and Giancarlo start doing their thing and he says that at one point he noticed that jerry had moved from the bed and was standing in the corner <laughs> masturbating I know it's so. It's so dumb to say out loud.
1: It's just like every time you get that image in your mind, you just want to laugh at this guy. You know, I mean, and then every time you see him on the screen, you're just. Yeah, it's all you can think about. Yeah, still, and but but was was he also videotaping them at that time? Well, I think so. (laughs) They do. That does enter, and
0: Giancarlo doesn't know it. But he is. But he is. That he finds out later, because you know they go on to have you know years long uh, affair. But he finds out later that they had been recording all of these sessions. Yes. Now, I think we need to point out too that Jerry Falwell Jr. While he's not a preacher, he's president of this Liberty University in is it Lynchburg?
1: It's Lynchburg, Virginia. Lynchburg, Virginia. Yeah. So up, Right. So Falwell decides that Falwell senior decides, you know, I'm going to build the best Christian school in the world and called it Liberty University. And it's in Lynchburg, Virginia. And it was founded in 1971. I don't know who was running it before Jerry, but basically Jerry, I don't, I didn't write down when did Jerry start running the school?
0: Um, I mean, I think he's been at at it for a while, but, you know, probably at least 10 to 20 years. I'm just guessing.
1: So that was one. He was, he's an attorney and he had, um, real estate, he he wasn't a practicing attorney, but he went to law school and he had these real estate deals. But another one of his jobs was Liberty University. And he was thought of by the people at Liberty as having like helping turn it around. Yeah. And I think that that was one of the things like, he was the black sheep because he didn't want to really follow in dad's footsteps. And maybe he tried to preach, but he wasn't a very good preacher. And so when he took over for Liberty Liberty university and turned it around and made it very successful, that made dad very happy. Yeah. And, and, um, and, and, jerry and becky were kind of known as like the first lady and the president of this school and I, you know they were very kind of loose and happening kind of like these happening christian
0: right they're young younger yeah. young yeah. young ish yeah and this this university it's huge it's got you can tell there's a ton of money yes. into it it's very state of the art very nice but you know pretty much all white. It's it is um, it, the rules they have to follow there oh, yeah. are outrageous. I yeah. mean, you know, there's you have to live on campus, but there's obviously you cannot have any sexual relations, no alcohol, no alcohol, mm-hmm. even
1: swearing. I think yeah. you can well, and dress the way you dress yeah alcohol you know swearing and also um there was like curfews. right and you, you could know, be so fined. you were
0: fined anytime you had one of these infractions they would fine you yes and make more money off of you i'm sure the school is i didn't look it up but i'm sure it's one of these schools it's almost a 100 grand a year mm-hmm. and it's just rich christian um young people there but it had become in recent years kind of the symbolic place where all these conservative people would go to have a platform mm-hmm. and they show clips of all these speeches of these conservative people coming. And, you know, it's sort of part of the whole, uh, because the Falwells had become entrenched in the political world, this mm-hmm. was sort of a, you had to pass through these gates of Liberty University yes. to get that Christian evangelical vote. And we'll talk more about that later because, mm-hmm. you know. Because
1: that that really yeah ties into yeah. everything um so we're back so So back 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 (laughs) days in (laughs) um so we're back Days in and uh so the you know i don't think he knows who they are they're like hey had a great time and then becky i guess immediately becky is obsessed obsessed with him with him and texting him and calling him and you know making points of going back to miami and he starts this relate you know this affair essentially with um with becky where part of it was jerry was part of it jerry watched they start inviting him to
0: travel with them to different places and he kind of becomes they they have three adult children or young you know young adult children um like early 20s and same age as giancarlo Mm -hmm. and he becomes known as kind of the fourth child But nobody really questions why he's there. They just, they claim they're trying to help him. Yes, yes. They're mentoring him in business (laughs) because Giancarlo's interested in business and Jerry's helping him. And so eventually, not too long after they start this, Jerry offers to let Giancarlo... proposes like a business deal with yes,
1: him he was studying john was studying business in, in college and mm-hmm. he also was very interested in real estate and getting into real estate and he was interested in what jerry was doing so as the affair progressed you know eventually um you know it moved from jerry watching them to them all sleeping together like they were on these two beds And, um, you know, he he starts to describe how like they start to he and Becky start to have sex. And so it becomes this full blown, you know, affair. Um, And so after. Afterwards, they're chatting and they're talking and Jerry learns like, oh, you want to you're you know, now we have a reason why this guy's hanging out with us all the time. Let's invest in a business. You know,
0: yeah. Whatever. So he finds this, it's a youth hostel in Miami beach that apparently they make a lot of money because these, you know, young kids come and just, you yeah, know, stay there. they sleep there and then go out all day and all night. And so the deal was, was that, um, Giancarlo was going to have a one-half equity interest in the property, meaning he didn't have to put any money down or anything, and he was going to manage the business, and that would be, you know, working home for his equity share. And so, in this strange twist, there's so many strange twists in here. So he, so Giancarlo
1: has a friend. Yeah, this is the Jesus Fernandez and Jesus Fernandez Senior. Right. So Senior he, and Senior two two shady people yeah the junior is
0: um well they describe him as uh Giancarlo's best friend Mm -hmm. but the junior he goes by Tito and Tito and his father they're big time hustlers real estate investors and real estate brokers but they've you know they're they're involved in all kinds of shady things and fraud and yeah. bankruptcy. Really even real estate brokers. They have this huge wrap sheet. Yeah, the license. They're the real broker's license. The license was suspended. So they entrust
1: <laughs> these and people. Why he's so naive. Yeah. Carlo. It's like he entrusts this.
0: Yeah. Well and, well, and Jerry doesn't even check these people yeah. out. That's weird, too. I thought that was so odd. Like, he didn't vet them? Yeah. So <laughs> he says, my friend Tito is going to is going to um, act as a broker for this for purchasing this deal and you know get a big broker's fee because it was a $4.5 million property. So that's a big commission. And so um, they do that and they buy this business and Giancarlo's putting his time and effort into it. But
1: the but the way it was divided was weird, right? Because they didn't want to have they didn't Jerry didn't want his name on it. He didn't mm-hmm. want to be the primary owner. So it was like Becky's name was on it. So it was Becky was 50, 50.1%. Giancarlo was um, 24.9. Nine, yeah. And then the other
0: 25. And then there's three. no, it was their son. Ooh. They, Trey, uh, Jerry Falwell, the third, he, they put like the other twenty-five four percent yes they they made like they made like an LLC or something mm-hmm. and then yeah and they divided the interest. But the, yeah the bottom line was on paper Giancarlo only had a twenty five point nine twenty four point nine yeah, less than twenty five percent interest and in, so the Falwell family had the rest. Yeah. So he didn't have a lot of of leverage. But the whole point of doing this for them this had nothing to do with business. Yeah. This was to get their grips on him you know what i mean like yeah. get their hooks into him so that he had a reason to stay in this
1: relationship yeah because one of the big things that happened was pretty early, It seemed pretty early on in the relationship um was that Giancarlo he found a girlfriend mm-hmm. and so he felt really guilty he's like i want to be faithful to my girlfriend and becky was like no 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 yeah uh-huh. like becky was smitten very, very. Specific. She told him she loved him after
0: you know three yeah. days or something.
1: Well, and and it sort of created this weird dynamic between the three of them, where you know Becky was smitten by um G- John- Gian- Giancarlo. Gian- God, Giancarlo, and um and if he if Giancarlo in any way, shape, or form kind of like set boundaries with her, pushed her off, or said no, or like I have a girlfriend, I want to be faithful to her jerry <laughs> Jerry would call jerry would call so becky goes to jerry jerry would call and jerry would be like hey babe, you know i mean come on we've got this business together and you know make becky happy it was this weird deck you know and one of the things that i thought was very odd as they talked about this is that jerry was 18 when he met becky at 13. yeah and it's re- and real she was scary. she was obsessed with him yeah. like he he was dating
0: her sister her her older sister so the whole thing was and she weird she
1: went after him yeah she's a real like she doesn't take no for an answer yeah no she does not so she and then she talked about how she dropped out of school to she dropped out of school to support him i think that you know becky saw her sights at 13 she saw jerry was like i want to be part of this family and i want this power whatever this is and um so yeah so this was this weird triangle and then then he mentions this is when they he realized they had been recording him and recording him for a long way like he's he's it sounds like in the story this is about the time where he starts to realize and piece together like oh this is this is more than i thought
0: well i think when when that realization came was when i don't know if we're skipping over a bunch of stuff
1: right so the problem you know what it is Cause I take my notes based on what's happening in the show, Mm -hmm. right? Like, but the, but the documentary is skipping all over the place.
0: So it gets a little confusing. Yeah. It, it, it's a lot of of information and it kind of skips around, but I guess we can skip around too. But he, I think he finds out that they had been recording him when the sky, Tito Fernandez and his father come back into the picture and they basically file a lawsuit against Jerry. Okay, yeah. This was a part I was very confused about, this part of it. Okay. There. So they file a lawsuit against Jerry, Angie, and Carlo, claiming that they, were, they weren't just getting a real estate commission. They were supposed to be getting an interest in this property, mm-hmm. this the Miami Beach property. Now, it was a totally bogus lawsuit, but they did it as a way to shake them down. So after the lawsuit is filed their attorney um, calls Giancarlo. Who's was also a real scumbag. Yeah, he calls Giancarlo and s- basically says, basically tells him that they have um, pictures,
1: I think. Yeah, so that's my question, was where did they get these pictures? Where did um, the Fernandes find this? these pictures of them? Well- Giancarlo swears that he did
0: not share. So these are pictures that Becky had sent to him, I believe. To? To Giancarlo. Okay. And so he must have known then that she had pictures. Mm -hmm. And then he, he swears he did not share the pictures with anybody. But maybe
1: Tito, someone hacked his phone or his computer she and carlo go to the bathroom and then they opened up his phone and like started taking i'm like i also wonder if they were like what's this, like they kind of got wind that this was a weird relationship yeah and then he they start kind of poking around yeah following them and then they figured out like maybe we don't have any evidence but we're gonna pretend like we have evidence so we're gonna shake them down well kind of thing. i think there was real evidence because it
0: came back this evidence comes back later when michael cohen gets involved yeah but basically you know they re- Giancarlo carlo realizes that this is a shakedown and so G- he he tells jerry you know you gotta like get, do something about this get mm-hmm. rid of it he's like oh don't worry so basically falwell's lawyers tell them okay we'll just pay you whatever you want mm-hmm. they just cave yeah and then they're like oh No, that's not good enough. Because if you're willing to just pay us, you know, we've got you, you know, then they wanted like millions of dollars. So, you know, they're panicking. And okay, so this is where I guess I guess we have to now bring like Trump into this picture.
1: Just in terms of the timeline. Right. So they so everybody meets each other in 2012. It's October of 2014 that Fernandez and his father come back. Mm -hmm. Asking about the money. So in those two years, the affair is still happening. And Giancarlo is really getting like he's he's seeing the writing on the wall. He's he he knows he's a bit trapped. Right. Right. Because he knows I can't end this affair because I'm so tied up in the in this real estate deal. And the sister says he was putting all his time and energy into working at this hostel, which I can understand that position of like, I've invested so much time and energy in this thing. I've got to make this work. And he just felt like they just guilted him constantly. Like, you know, you owe us, you owe us, you owe us, you owe us. Yeah. So here it is. So that all happens at the end of 2014. And then 2015 comes around. And all of a sudden we see, I just wrote down Trump. Trump enters
0: the scene. Gotcha. So this is, before he announced that he was running for president. But there had been rumblings. Buddy. Rumblings, exactly. Yeah. So as part of that process, he has to go to Liberty University and, you know, make an appearance and make a big speech. And um, I love it. He, He's in his speech. He talks about how the Bible is his favorite book or, yes. or, no, or maybe his second favorite book next to his book. Art of the the Art of the Deal. Yes. <laughs> so, so, So Jerry knows that you know, Giancarlo, God bless him, is a Trump fan and thinks yes. Trump is a, wonder, a wonderful businessman.
1: Yes, thought he was a wonderful businessman and read his, right. his book. Yes. He's really interested in Trump. And really quick, um, before we back up, because the, the documentary also talks about how the relationship with, with Falwell Sr. and Ronald Reagan. Right. Because back in 1980, was in 1980 which was when reagan got elected he ran against um jimmy carter and what was so interesting about this is if you look at jimmy carter and you look at reagan and you would think who's the christian yeah, jimmy person? carter's an actual christian yeah jimmy carter is an actual baptist married the same woman you know tried and true um you know uh, preacher and all of that and then here's reagan a former actor who's been divorced and now remarried and you know i'm sure he's on affairs and other scandals so you know here are these two people and falwell picks reagan because why I, And well why pick reagan of the party well because he knew to advance his
0: agenda reagan would do that yeah because what okay so around this time you know fall senior they're trying to and all these christian um evangelical christian people they're trying to figure out like what is what is the key issue that we can get people uh really like riled up about and they had tried you know, the segregation issue, people were just kind of like, eh. they tried going after like pornography. That's the problem. And they were like, uh, eh, don't really care. They tried, you people know, like, the, I want my porn. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the hating feminists, uh, you know, that didn't really go over well. But then, uh, and this was like four or five years after Roe versus Wade. Um, and, you know, they'd never talked about um, abortion before, but all of a sudden they realized that abortion was an issue that, people were extremely polarized about mm-hmm. cared a lot about and would get them to the ballot box yes and they still are doing it today because yes. that is the one issue that the people who otherwise wouldn't vote or don't care whatever the for whatever reason that that's just this issue to get people to show up yeah. so uh, Reagan was anti-choice, and um, you know he was. They knew that he was going to appoint justices to, mm-hmm. you know, does this sound familiar? Yes, yes. Appointing justices to the Supreme Court who are, you know, going to yeah. be not favorable towards abortion,
1: and that was their in. Mm-hmm. And and, they, and then they they ex. What what drives me crazy is these people are such hypocrites. They explain away all of these moral things around, you know, your you you know, Falwell and. Is preaching, um, marriage and sanctity of family and marriage, but you know, you're going to, you're, you know, you have someone in your congregation who's thinking about divorce, you would talk them out of it. But then here you have Reagan, who's been divorced. I'm not, listen, I'm not saying divorce is a bad thing by any means. I'm just saying that they were such hypocrites. They else. totally do as I say, not as I do. And with the Trump stuff. No, the Trump stuff, that was a whole other thing. So it's
0: flash, flash forward now, back to 2015. Okay, back to 2015. So Trump comes to Liberty University. Jerry invites um, Giancarlo to come. And, you know, Trump signs his book. And um, they, and Michael Cohen is there. Now, Michael Cohen, who it was for, you know, 20 plus years, Trump's fixer, truly was a fixer and a good one too. He, he honed in right away on this Giancarlo guy because his job was to always be looking around and see like who... Who are who? Who are the people around? Who can I exploit? He he focused in on why is this Giancarlo guy here? You know, there's something about this. There's something off. Why is Jerry Falwell? You know, uh, helping this? Miami. Yeah, like what? What? What is it about this guy? So he he knew. So when this shakedown lawsuit was going on, and they weren't going to settle, and it was clear that they were going for millions of dollars. Um. Jerry calls Trump and also called. Well, I don't know if he necessarily called. He might have gone directly to Michael Cohen and said, I need help, you know. And Michael Cohen came in. He, I don't know what he did. He did his thing. He got the Fernandez's to, you know, um, Dropped a lawsuit. I don't know what they paid them or what they gave them. But part of the deal was they had to turn over whatever mm-hmm. pictures, videos, whatever they had to Michael Cohen. Mm-hmm. So now Michael Cohen is in possession of yeah. this stuff, which he later uses <laughs> <laughs> against uh, Jerry Jr.
1: Yes. So So where are we now? We're back to... We're at the 2015, 2016. So now it looks like Trump is. It's coming. It's happening. Trump is going to run. Trump is going to run. Right. And what's what base does he need to get? He needs to get this religious base. And that's the thing. The Falwells have a tremendous amount of mm-hmm. power in this. You know, in this base and all the other. You know, all the other. You know, presidential conservative presidential. You know, people have to come and kiss the ring kiss the ring of them so and and you know jerry jr is a different kind of guy right and so he's kind of like hey you know let's bring in trump and um so and it looks basically it looked like trump had leverage over jerry and said to jerry okay hey now you need to help me you need to get me elected
0: yeah michael cohen busted out the pictures or whatever he had because trump was teasing this oh i have a big announcement you know got this Mm -hmm. big endorsement coming and so they were working on falwell and you know Mm -hmm. they used that evidence and so then falwell endorses trump and kind of changes the course of history yes yes which is frightening to think yeah yeah they um because who know who knows what would have happened i mean if they didn't Mm -hmm. If they didn't have that, because, you know, this, the group of these evangelicals, they'll just do whatever these leaders tell them to do. Mm -hmm. And if Falwell had told them, you know, vote for Jeb Bush, Mm -hmm. they would have voted for Jeb Bush. Yeah. But he endorsed Donald Trump. And that was a big deal because there's a lot, there are a lot of them and they vote Mm -hmm. and they vote because of the abortion issue. Yes,
1: yes. So, and of course, Trump comes in, and again, you look at Trump, who has what how many kids does he have between four or five women? I mean, Trump, who's been married four times, you know, yeah, five children known for the affairs, even when the whole grabber by the pussy thing came out, you know, they had Jerry Falwell on Jr. on these TV shows, and he's like, you know, just brushing that under the table and excusing the behavior. And so here's this thing that it's, it's so hypocritical and contradictory where you have a university, you run a university where you're not allowed to swear. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to do anything. And now you're turning around and endorsing someone who goes against all of the values that you're trying to instill in your students
0: yeah the part that just drives me. well and they they've always just had this the ends justifies the means mentality and they're just savage yeah you know and they don't care they're, they're like well if we have to put we'll just hold our nose and yeah put up with this because it's for the greater good yeah and there's just this understanding
1: but the reality is is that Jerry and Trump aren't that far apart in terms of personalities. I mean, this was the whole thing, right? And this is what Giancarlo talks about when he went to University uh, Liberty University for the first time. Because, you know, he was kind of isolated in some ways. They would go see him in Miami, you know? So when he went to Liberty University, he's looking around going, okay, you know, this is, it's lily white, there's no drinking, no this and that. And then he's got Jerry with a drink in his hand in the corner right right like jerry drinks you know they're having extramarital affairs they're doing all this stuff right like he he's he's seeing the hypo- total yeah total hypocrisy so that's the thing jerry and i don't think jerry's holding his nose with trump i think it's just more of yeah do as i say not as i do
0: right yeah and, and he talks about going to the uh so uh somewhere in here in this time period he gets accepted to graduate school at georgetown mm-hmm. and he's in dc yes that's right and trump's already elected yeah and then his mom and his sister they're visiting and falwell says oh oh they're there for some christian conference or yeah all these pastors uh, are coming to lay hands on trump <laughs> remember that picture crazy. yeah that picture of everyone touching trump and praying oh gosh so anyway yeah they're having this whole Christian conference, and then at night they're all partying, and you know they're totally different people yes than they were
1: earlier. You talked about one woman who's like speaking in tongues yeah on the stage. That's term spiritual advisor. Spiritual advisor who's speaking in tongues on the stage, and then he meets her at a party later, and she's like, "Hey, what's up? How's it going? What's happening?" <laughs> and this is the this is the stuff that drives me crazy. Is these you know these people that come in and I'm a spiritual advisor and I'm this and I'm that with like zero credentials zero um, anything you're just a charlatan you're mm-hmm. just and and you make everybody else who works in that realm look really bad because you make us look like we are charlatans we're not so that's the uh, Trump I had a hard time I barely took notes because every time I see Trump on my screen I just get so so infuriated and like max can watch trump like you know talk about running again and all that i, I cannot watch i cannot listen to someone who lies like yeah. over and over and over again if you're a trump lover this may not be the podcast for you. <laughs> no because i have a hard time with him so no, no so now you know the the real estate thing is he's now in washington dc but he's really pulling away from he's trying try, he's trying to he's trying to but if he doesn't
0: call becky like, you know, she's constantly texting him. And if he doesn't respond, you know, she'll start calling him incessantly. And then if he doesn't respond, then Jerry will call him. Yeah. They're still doing this. And he doesn't he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know how to to break up with her, break yeah. up with them. And so they're and they're already trying to jack him with his interest in this property. Yeah. So they're already trying. So what
1: that was the other part I was a little confused about. So what exactly happened with the
0: property? Well, so he he said that. Um, I think this was before the endorsement that, uh, you know, Falwell had to clean up some loose ends and get his name off some stuff because it, this was going to draw attention to him. Well, that's the excuse he used. But anyway, he said he said how he said, I'll buy your equity interest for six hundred thousand dollars. But um, basically, I can't give you the money yet because of, he doesn't want it to Look suspicious, doesn't want to do it too close in time to this announcement. And um he's like, okay. And then he says, in the meantime, he said he was gonna give him, I don't know if it was an equity interest or what he called it, but there was some a Laquita hotel oh. <laughs> in Virginia. <laughs> and he was gonna let him uh, manage that. And it would give him like or do have some interest in it. he was gonna, it was gonna make him 50 thousand a year or something it was fine he was stringing him along yeah he never got any of this money in the end he he never never got any of it it was all just to kick, string him along and keep it going and in the meantime yeah like uh jerry's kind of falling apart because apparently he has a drinking problem yeah so
1: jerry jerry has a really bad drinking problem i, I th- i'm pretty sure the two of them do drugs too i mean i'm assuming there's a lot of coke involved this is just my assumption yeah right? but he's but he obviously has a drinking problem and then I can't remember what year this was, where a very famous photo comes up about Jerry, where Jerry, did this happen before or after Giancarlo comes out? I think think that it comes around, around the same time. I think it's about the same time, maybe slightly before. What's this? Because Giancarlo starts to, you know, he's, he's like trying to, um, he feels trapped. He's getting journalists calling him, Mm -hmm. like, like sniffing around the story. You know, Jerry's telling him, "Don't, don't, call, you know, don't call back, don't do this, don't do that." So he's in this weird position where he wants this money, he's not getting the money, and um, and he's at this place where he decides that he's going to get even, you know. And very famously, there's a very famous 2020, you know, Trump right uh, speech. Well, that was the speech at Liberty University. Was that yeah. yeah. Okay. He- he said you know you don't you know don't be the nice guy get even and so this is when giancarlo says okay i'm gonna get even you know yeah and so the, yeah that that picture so i think that happened around the same time. it was around the same time like it was a picture of
0: there was some. he's standing with this red-headed woman not his wife and she looks like she's pregnant and she can't zip her uh shorts up all the way so she has them kind of unzipped and so he Tries to copy that, and he unzips his pants, and you can sort of see like his underwear, the, his the top of his
1: underwear, and not and a, with. And he's got a glass of energy. yeah, he's, he's drinking. Not a good he's, picture, room, but not a good so picture. So was and he, but he goes on. T he's he tries on, he's to explain it. Tries to tries to explain it away, and even if that's what's happening, he's like, and then you know he's slurring his words you know. the entire time, so it's very obvious. This is where things like things are happening. Like, you know, it's hard to describe all of this because, like, there's the Giancarlo. All this stuff's happening for him, and then all these political things are happening in the back, and it's a little bit of like, yeah, it's, it's almost like dominoes that are just falling, fall. You know, they get set up, and then they're dominoes that are falling.
0: It's hard to keep track of, but I think it was that after that picture and his terrible explanation of it. I think that's when the Liberty University Board of Directors they suspended him. Mm-hmm. And then they eventually, I can't remember if there was something
1: else that they fired. Well, they suspended him. And then with this idea, apparently, they suspended him with the idea that he would, like, eventually, like, once all the dust settles, we'll bring you back. And then when, I believe, when the Giancarlo stuff came out, that's when they really fired him and then sued him for money because he got a very generous severance before one. before Giancarlo yeah, came out he got the severance package which was really nice and now they're suing him saying wait a second you lied to you us. misrepresented yeah yeah so we want that money back and then Giancarlo does this it's with Reuters right. well, well prior to this he what like
0: before he decides he's going to get even, mm-hmm. he is suicidal, yes, and he's yes. seriously suicidal and he he even sent a text to Becky saying, you know, when they find my body hanging from a tree in the woods, make sure that my um, dog gets back to my family. Mm-hmm. And of course, what did she do about that? Did she do anything with that? I mean, what if he had gone through with it? I mean, she didn't even yeah. tr- she didn't even try to help him or reach out to him. Mm-hmm.
1: And it's so interesting, too, because what when he talked about being feeling suicidal, I just thought of Monica Lewinsky. Mm -hmm. Right. And here we are. Very.
0: Yeah. The whole everything is coming in on you. You don't see any way
1: out. And again, he's 20 when he meets um, Becky. How old is Monica when she meets Bill? 21, I think. Yeah. 22. Oh, and also
0: also he had been trying to get an internship and. Mm Well that's because because it's right because at this point their new stories had already come out Mm -hmm. about him um not from the he later tells his story to that one reuters reporter yes but other reporters and uh, stories have come out with rumblings about Mm -hmm. this so his name is now if you google his name these articles come up about the affair with the pool boy Mm -hmm. So he's trying to get an internship and he's not getting anything and he finally gets one, but then they must've in the interim. No, he makes the mistake of telling
1: either Becky or Jerry. Okay. Yeah. An internship at this place. Right. And then a week later they they rescind it it because they don't, you know they're freaking out about him talking or right. talking to anyone and they're sh- and they're also showing him this is how powerful right well, so this is yeah. the stage where he's feeling he's feeling suicidal where he's like i feel like my career is over you know i've just invested all this time i've done this thing and yeah so then he but then he comes out of it and
0: decides that he's going to get even and so there's a reporter from reuters who had been trying to contact him for a while and was working on the story a real reporter yes you know like a actual journalist (laughs) not Nancy Grace (laughs) (laughs) um and so he sends him a text and says hey you know I I would like to talk to you and literally and so he talks to him cooperates with this story and literally I don't know if it was the day before or the day of again the Falwell's get wind that the story is coming out and so some Oh, the Washington Examiner. I don't even know if that's a legitimate newspaper, or if it's some conservative
1: yes, paper. You exactly. know, I had never heard of that paper before. I'm like, what is the word Yeah, it's from? probably some conservative paper. They just,
0: they basically publish in advance to try to discredit this. They
1: publish a story basically saying that's it's well, all a lie. Out, like they make it out to be a fatal attraction. Right. Like he is in love with Becky and he's trying to destroy our lives he's trying to destroy our lives and um and is this this probably is the worst of all the things jerry has done and he's done a lot of shitty things he throws his wife under the bus totally basically says becky had an affair with this kid this pool boy you know i'm this innocent victim i'm not in the corner at all (laughs) in the corner um and throws her under the box. I know. It's unreal. What kind of person are you? If you love and care about this woman and you're just gonna throw her on like literally fed her to the wolves and was just like so they they were making him out to be like Becky. Innocent Becky had an innocent affair with him, and now he's trying to blackmail them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It that was that was that
1: was awful. It was really awful. But so the so the article comes out and um you know, it's still, of course, you know, just being tried by the media. He's, he, he's still in a really, Giancarlo is still in a really tough spot. You know, he's still feeling terrible. He's still yeah. not sure about, is this going to be my life? What's going to happen now? All of it. Yeah. And now I can't remember, like,
0: I know that like at the end of the documentary, um, yeah, like a, jerry's life is just yeah they they uh totally fired him and then you know sued him Mm -hmm. for not disclosing all this stuff
1: right but he and becky are still together right i
0: i don't know yeah where did it leave off i can now it's been i've watched it's been like a week or so so, since i watched this i can't remember how they left off
1: it was very yeah because it was very strange. i mean you're right like it is you kind of see It just kind of ends yeah this was one of those shows that maybe two episodes would have been good like they were they were there were so many things there were so many um points and they were trying to get across and a story to tell that it is it comes at you fast and furious
0: yeah it was a really a lot to digest and again I watched it twice and still you know struggle to uh (laughs) succinctly (laughs) succinctly (laughs) describe everything but yeah so I don't really know I mean Giancarlo he's he's like I got you know I had to get come clean get my story out there and I think I think in general, at least I felt this way, I think people will be sympathetic to him. Yeah. And I think that he'll go on and, you know, be okay. Because yeah. even though he was naive, he's, he didn't seem like a smart person. He was just incredibly naive.
1: Yes. Well, it can't this whole thing of, you know, being under 25 and being young and not really knowing what you're getting into. And, you know, here you are, you're twenty. 20 20 years old, you're having this affair with this older woman in this kind of odd situation. Mm -hmm. And you, they come to you and they say, I'm going to present you with this amazing opportunity. I mean, it's an amazing opportunity for someone to come around and say, you don't have to come up with any money. We're going to, we're going to put an equity stake in, you know, we're going to finance the whole thing. We're going to make your dreams come true. And, that's intoxicating and that's intoxicating for anybody but imagine being 20 21 years old and you're at the beginning of your career that's incredibly intoxicating you know what that can do and and you can see that he was influenced a lot you know this is friend jesus fernandez who's a total scam artist right is you know you're trusting him with this huge business deal right and you don't at all notice or you know get at all like how um sleazy these people are i mean you know what i mean it's just the whole thing i think he he was really kind of new to a lot of it and that's the other part of it too is talking about miami and what miami is like and that miami there's a real underbelly with Mm -hmm. miami and what i read some quote in an article that it's like you go to la to become someone you go to new york to um uh you go to la to become someone you go to new york to, right, like take your riches and show off. I'm not saying that right, but you go to Miami to disappear, Oh, right? You go to Miami to become someone else, Yeah, essentially. And so I think there was a lot of, I think he was probably very isolated from this whole Miami world. And so there was that part too. And you want to believe it. You know, each year you just want to believe that this, okay, I'll get this check. You know, I'll get this money. Anybody who watched the Anna Delvey, um, <laughs> you know. Never saw that. Money. It good. The Shonda Rhimes one, you know, is... You just want to believe that Anna Delvey's going to wire you the money, right? Right, so just right. Just wants to believe he,
0: Yeah, he just if I hold on a little bit longer, a little bit longer than I can get out of this. But, you know, I just remembered now, like, the wh- how
1: they ended this. Yeah, because it kind of, it's like a whole, whole, you know, why we brought up the Reagan stuff. Yeah, stuff.
0: so, and the first thing was... That basically Jerry Falwell kind of fulfilled the, the circle. He closed the circle of what his father started mm-hmm. with getting Trump elected. Look yes. what Trump did yes. to the Supreme Court and to all the courts that he appointed, federal courts that he appointed justices. And abortion is now Illegal. no longer, you know, constitutional right. Mm-hmm. He literally fulfilled the destiny of it's his father. In the corner.
1: But the days in, Jerry Falwell Jr. Brought it, home. it <laughs> brought home. So, and that's the part about these kinds of stories and politics um, and all of this of how crazy it is. Mm-hmm. Like how crazy because these, this couple finds this kid and they, because of their sexual proclivities, you know. Um, and, Change the course of history. I know. It's, Christ you know it's just it's unreal but I also think there's this this with them in the Falwells you know this idea of being untouchable and it's kind of how I feel about Trump's you know a lot of times where it's just like is anything going to bring this guy down yeah you know is anything ever going is he ever going to have to pay for his crimes and it just feels like these these guys these, they're just able to get away with so much crapola it just pisses me off to no end i know life isn't fair but I know. This just feel like it
0: just get so angry well and you know i i i actually feel like in some small way these documentaries are helping us to make progress and yeah. you know kind of uh putting it out you know in front of people's faces and explaining it mm-hmm. and hopefully you know younger people you know who look at this will go huh You know, and I hope it makes an impression. I mean, you know, we lived through a lot of this stuff, but, you know, people really need to know. But the other thing is that um, throughout the documentary, they kept um, flashing to this young man who he, he was an alumni of Liberty University and he had founded... Uh, Some kind of a group to try to, I don't know, bring change, reform, awareness, whatever, to the oppressive practices at Liberty University. And so, you know, he he talked a lot about the different rules and what would happen. And so as a result of Giancarlo coming forward, it really gave a lot of Liberty University students, past and present, the courage mm-hmm. to come forward and talk about it was mostly women who had been raped. Yeah.
1: So at Liberty University, you know, if you're a woman and you go to a party and you drink an alcoholic beverage and someone's drugged you and then raped you. If you go and report it, then you're in trouble for drinking. Basically, that's kind of how it worked. It was just like you were and you were fined fined and you were in trouble. It was your fault. It was your fault. But because you drank alcohol and that alcohol was, you know, had something in it. And and even if they didn't drink alcohol, they ingested some drug that was given to them. And now you're in trouble for that. Or they were in trouble for I mean, I think you could get
0: in trouble just even for, uh, you know, partying or even with or with with or without uh drugs yeah and then and then the perpetrators they basically would fine them five hundred dollars for i forget how they worded it it was like in their little handbook that you know some they they made it sound like they had committed some sort of minor infraction like you just you you um
1: Like you had uh, gotten a hot plate or microwave for your dorm (laughs) room, which was like... Prohibited, yeah. In college, the big thing was you weren't supposed to have like any microwave or any kind of electrical thing. Like, it's like that. It's
0: like, oh, you had a plate. Exactly. And so they never... Nope. They never did anything about it. And I don't know. I don't know how anyone could send their child to that university. I don't know if this is going to have any effect on...
1: Yeah, that university. What's the university doing now. No idea. I but I I don't know I I mean and and that's the other thing that I think is so interesting when I see some of these documentaries it's about a world that is so far from our world. Yeah. Do you know what I mean the religious stuff and just um you know we've been talking a lot we've been watching sister wives and so it's just so fascinating to see these these homes where religion and you know, Christian and Christian values and how you should be and how you should act is just. Yeah, it dictates everything. It dictates everything. And, And I can imagine if you're a young Christian going to, you know, this university is probably just very like very looked upon as, you know, or maybe some parents are saying you can only go to Liberty. Oh, yeah, I think that is. I think
0: a lot of these parents, again, it's all part of this thing that they're brainwashed to be like well you can't do this you can't do that and they know that at regular colleges Mm -hmm. all that stuff is happening so you're only going to this college and like yeah I mean friends who I've had over the years who were raised in very strict um religious homes I mean the level of shame that they have everything they feel and you know Most of them, well, pretty much all of them, you know, are recovering from that. Otherwise, I wouldn't, you know, probably wouldn't have a lot in common with them. But yeah, they're basically recovering from whatever religion they were raised with. And Mm -hmm. yeah, and just the shame, like they, since they lived their lives sincerely thinking they, if they did this, they were going to go to hell. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean yeah and that's a concept it's so it, this is a concept that's
1: so hard for our parents were hippies yeah well the <laughs> mom who's who's listening is gonna say she wasn't a hippie but keep going
0: well they were both hippies for for sh- a short photos they look like hippies. yeah they first for, for a short amount of time they lived the more hippie lifestyle but not really you know what i mean like uh underneath it all they were i mean our father was father's attorney yeah our mother was a a an an educator they were but they have a hippie mindset let's just put it Um, that way very very liberal yes and very you know um went out of their way and still do to to just try you know to to you know, to preach, you know, just, you know, the social justice and all that kind of stuff. And so they have that mentality always, even if they didn't, you know.
1: Well, what's been interesting, and it's pretty much our entire family, both sides. I mean, everybody in our family, both sides went to college and right. Everybody's very liberal, very different, yeah. very all of these things. So, yeah, the, these these sometimes it just feels like a totally different world that you're exposed to and that's why i was wondering because i'm not here to shame becky and jerry for their sexual activity like listen if you two are married and yeah it's fine with you and everybody's consenting adults and everyone's okay with it like none of that is to be ashamed of but it is really interesting where it's a little bit of like if you two have this this thing between the two of you and you want to practice it like why not get a prostitute right get someone sorry sex worker i mm-hmm. apologize why not get a sex worker why not, not, not hire sure. someone who's also a consenting adult who's entering into this understanding this? like why enter into a relationship with him and string him a- she but she wanted because becky wanted a boyfriend she acted like a 12 year old girl like a 15 year old girl also was at the end of the the um documentary that we haven't talked about is When the story came out, all of a sudden, more stories started coming out about other kids, other young men that said Becky was pursuing me. Mm. So Becky's a predator. With. yes and that's the thing so
0: and this was all grooming behavior yes. all the stuff they did that's what makes this wrong it's not this that they like to have sex in this way what was wrong about it was that they groomed this kid and got his tr- gained his trust manipulated him basically bribed him and then
1: trapped him yes and ruined his life and she so it comes out that she had been doing this with lots of men that this was a pattern for her that this was something that she did and so if that's the part that i do wonder if with the, you know, if Jared Falwell had been raised differently and, and he and he meets his wife and they decide to get together and this is what they want to do. Like, how do I say this? It, it's, it's just interesting that this is part of their pattern. This is part of the entire process. It's not just about the sex or the kind of sex that they like to have. It's like wrapping this person in and making him part yeah. of this tight thing. And now we've got control of him and I think that is a big part of this entire process. I think it's, it's not just the sex. It's part of this, of this game that they play. And, um, and that's why, you know, it is really hard to watch and to see that he had no chance.
0: He had no chance. Against them, no. No. And that's why they picked him. That's why it worked. Yes. If he had been, if he had been more savvy he would have just looked at them like, "What? No, uh-huh. like this was a one night stand, you know. I'm, at, out. I'm out of here. Bye, Becky. <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I'm surprised more stories haven't come out about other men that they've like done with this. And I also wonder if it, are there young women? Normally? Yeah, did they bring young women? Oh well, that that was you know. Remember
0: this? They this, touched on this briefly. Remember there was that picture of a Liberty a University student in jerry's house and he and it was the pants down no 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 no. Was a- this was a young girl like a blonde girl who was maybe like 19 she was a liberty university student and there's a picture of her and she's kind of like flashing her backside and she's in like you could tell from the, the background she's in like his one of his houses or something mm. You know he was doing shit with students there.
1: Didn't there were times where Becky and Giancarlo they just had sex together without Jerry. Oh, and he said, "Yeah, as long as you record it, I'm fine." Yes, that's right. So as long as you record it, so obviously the two of them both had separate affair, you know, had affairs and situations and all that. So what I'm wondering is with these young women, is Jerry recording them secretly and watching it back? Because again, what's so fascinating about all of this is is that you know the whole christian world is against pornography Mm -hmm. and these kinds of behaviors and here's jerry you know essentially like a home home pornographer yeah Yeah. it's all it's just just, it's all a farce yeah it's it's just a way to to to
0: get people in and make them feel like oh we're part of something we're good people we're doing something and you know we'll go to heaven if we do this yes
1: yes so come and do this or pay me, give me money. I'm a spiritual person and I'm special. So pay me and I'll pray for you. And if, you know, if i pray for you, then you're definitely going to heaven because I'm so special. Yeah. I'm Jerry Falwell. This is how you got, I mean, this is, this is Jerry's whole, whole line. Yeah. is How he got people who had no money at all to give them any money that they had was this guarantee, you know, I can get you to heaven. Yeah. I can, I can change your life. I can do this for you. It's just, yeah. You're, it's, well, yeah.
0: And that's the thing I want to say that I don't want to make it sound like we're dissing religion or people who are conservative or anything like that. There's a difference between that mm-hmm. and what these people are doing and and that and this type of fraud and manipulation, whatever happens Anywhere, I don't yes. care where you are. This just happens to be the venue that we're talking about in this well, yeah, documentary, the Monica Lewinsky story. Hello, Democrats, Republicans. Oh yeah, it does. It doesn't matter. It happens. It happens everywhere. Yeah. But you know, the the use of religion mm-hmm. tends to happen. That's what you know. it's very powerful. Yeah. So it's a control. Type. It happens a lot in that venue. So I don't want to make it sound like we think that all people who um, practice religion are, you know gonna gonna fall for something like this or i mean this is i mean this is a very specific situation a perfect storm yes of it was sorts so yeah a bit of a perfect
1: storm yeah. but i mean it seems like it's it's interesting if it wasn't Giancarlo, carlo there would have been someone else and michael cohen would have figured that out do you know what i mean there's mm-hmm. i mean some of these things like it, it, this would have gotten here in some way shape or form but yeah. yeah, and so here we are, full circle, and um,
0: yeah, I don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, now who's gonna be the gatekeeper? Who's gonna be the Christian evangelical gatekeeper now? Because it, yeah. it can't be Jerry Falwell Jr. No, it can't. Oh well, I don't mean, know. I shouldn't say that. Oh, he, he could, could make a comeback. He could. He could go on a redemption tour. He could go to rehab. <laughs> whatever.
1: Stranger things have happened, so it could happen. Yeah. Hey. Trump, right. trump was elected president so this was this was a this i like this documentary i thought it was really good I, I did too i enjoyed it i did not like the people or the subject or anything that happened in it, it no i don't i don't i don't like the outcome of it but, but um i did enjoy it all right so i think we should wrap it up yeah Brooke, you want to wrap it up well thank you for listening if you made no if you made
0: it if you made it this far and listened to all of our kvetching i sincerely thank you and our <laughs> what <laughs> yeah. yeah, we had our little few few little senior moments <laughs> We're in a few states. <laughs> but anyway, thank you for listening. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast. We would really appreciate it and if you feel so inclined, please leave us a five star review and we will see you next time. All
1: right. bye bye.